It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, on Sunday, you gave this message called an exceedingly great army, which was an exceedingly great message. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, I I loved the message. I I was, first of all, the theme being the Holy Spirit and the importance of that, I think for both of us is a deep resonance point. It's a hard topic, but a supremely important one in Christianity. Yes, it is. And I, I really think if someone hasn't listened to that message yet, and maybe even just to go back and review it, I would highly encourage them to go to Ellerslie and go to the sermons or go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily and listen to that message because we're unpacking it all throughout this week. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is today we're talking about this idea of the ready soldier. There is a readiness that you have to have when you come to this idea of the Holy Spirit, that there, there's this openness, this willingness, desire. And it's amazing that in discipleship, which is what mm-hmm. we do, you can't just force someone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Could you unpack that just a little bit in terms of even just discipleship and, and training and how that, yeah, how that works? Yeah, our, our, our passion is discipleship, and that's what we do. And yet there's a, a, a very dependent position that we have. And I, I think the need for the Holy Spirit is very evident to us as disciplers, because I can't force someone to repent. I can't force them to believe. I can't force them to give up uh, things in their life that are hindering their forward progress. I can't force them to yield uh, and uh, to be infilled. I can't say, Holy Spirit, you're doing this in them right now. There's certain factors that are outside of me. And praise God for that. That's on purpose by God. And yet there is a role I play. There's a role you play. And that's part of, I think, what we want to unpack today is this idea of this exceedingly great army, which is one filled with the breath of God. That comes out of Ezekiel 37, where God is going to breathe into these slain. He's going to clatter their bones together, put sinews and skin on them. And it's an impressive miracle already, but there's one thing still missing. They need life inside of them. They need the breath of God. And the same is true with us. We can get all our doctrine correct. We can get everything. We can apprehend the importance of Jesus Christ, but we need the Holy Spirit to make this work. It's like to make this body function, to make it into a fighting vessel, uh, which is what a great army is. It's a fighting machine. And this is, we are built to stand firm, strong, and to actually live it out instead of just talk about it. So in discipleship, you know, here at Ellerslie, our desire is to showcase the grand nature of what Christ has done and the all-important aspects of his ability to do it, that the secret to Christianity isn't you trying to live it for him. It's him living it in you and through you. That exchange life, Hudson Taylor calls it the exchange life. And so our students, when they leave, that's one of the key things that they're going to have in their tool belt, in their understanding is this exchange life. But to do that, to teach them, there's this balance that we then run of like, well, what's our role? You know, I've had people say to me, it's like, why do you guys even exist? If God does all the work, why do you even do what you do? Why are there churches? Why are there? It's because God delights to use us in the process. I can't save someone, but he wants me to be a part of the process of having someone be saved. (laughs) So my obedience and my yieldedness to the Holy Spirit is part of how he works through the Holy Spirit to win them. And so that's all part of the beauty of how 
he does what he does. That's so awesome. And I, and I love, I love our discipleship model and the fact that one of the things that we really desire our students to be is just hungry to, to desire not only to be transformed, but to desire to fully give themselves to Jesus Christ. And since we're on the topic, I figured I might as well toss it out there that this upcoming training season, we have three opportunities for people to actually walk through this process with us and be discipled. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the five-week summer or the, the week-long semester at the end of the summer or the five-week this fall, we would really encourage people to not only just have this readiness, but a willingness to pursue Jesus Christ and be discipled. And we'd love for them to do it here at, at Ellerslie. So for more information about that, you just go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily, and there's some information there about our, our programs. So we're going to have a clip from Leslie. We had her come into the studio after church on Sunday, and I just asked her asked her a couple of questions. This is one of them. And then later in the week, I have another clip from it. These are excellent. This is really, really powerful. But it's on this exact theme that we're talking about of, okay, the Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. We know that Jesus is the Savior. What do we do in this whole thing? And so she is going to tie that together in a really uh, powerful way for us. It is so important to understand that grace is always available for us in every situation that we're facing. So often we face a tough situation or a challenge, or we're intimidated by a step of of obedience that we feel God leading us to take. And we fail to look up and say, Lord, I need more of your grace. The Bible talks about grace upon grace. So whenever we call upon that grace and say, Lord, I need your courage right now. I need your strength right now. I need your wisdom right now. He gives us that grace, exactly what we need in that moment to obey obey and to be his ambassadors in this earth. And when we use up that little bit of grace, there's more grace available for the next challenge. So one of the things that I've applied in my own life is, it was from a quote that I read from Amy Carmichael a few years ago, where she talks about, if you are or if you are in a situation where you immediately need courage, you immediately need wisdom, you immediately need patience, you don't need to go through a whole big, long three-hour prayer session to get that patience or that wisdom or that strength or that courage. You simply need to say, thy patience, Lord, thy courage, Lord, thy wisdom, Lord, because he is a very present help in trouble. So the minute you call on him and say, I need your patience, not my own patience. I need your wisdom, not my own wisdom. It's right there. It's available to us. And to be ready to receive it, I think is such a crucial thing. It's not just a mental idea. Well, God has patience out there and somehow he's going to give it to me, but be like an open, hold our hands open, our hearts, our souls open to say, Lord, I'm waiting to receive your patience, your grace, your courage, right in this very very moment to apply to this situation. I often think about the disciples and how they participated with Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000. They were given an impossible task. And I think as Christians today in this world, looking around at how hostile the world is becoming towards Christianity and God says, reach the world with the gospel, shine, you know, be as lights that shine in the midst of a perverse generation or train up your children, your families to fear and honor me. Well, you have a culture that is just completely pulling in the opposite direction constantly. You know, those of us who are raising kids think, well, we can just shelter our kids from these things, but it's getting to the point where you can 
hardly shelter them at all. They just go into a store and you can see how anti-light the culture is. It's so steeped in darkness. And so we need more than just sheltering. We have to give them something more. They need the grace of God. They need to be rooted in Jesus Christ. So God says, train your children, disciple your children, be strong Christians in this hour, shine in the midst of a dark generation. How do we do that? Well, the disciples were in a very similar situation when it came to feeding the 5,000. Jesus said, give the crowd something to eat. So here were 12 men looking at a crowd of 5,000 people, possibly more than 5,000 because that was just 5,000 men. So possibly 10,000 people. And they had this little teeny bit of food. And Jesus says, give the crowd something to eat. He gave them an impossible task. So look at all the odds that were against them. They were in a deserted place. They did not have the funds to go buy food for all of this crowd. And the only thing they had with them was so insignificant compared to the need. I think that's how a lot of us feel as Christians, okay, God has given us this impossible task. The odds are totally stacked against us. How can we possibly say yes to that call? And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. He didn't say, sit down over here. I'll give them something to eat. He said, you give them something to eat. He wanted them to participate in the miracle along with him. At first, they sort of panicked and they said, well, wait a second, are we supposed to go into the villages and towns and and buy bread for thousands and thousands of people? Even if we had a fortune, we could only give everyone a little bit. How in the world are we supposed to do this? They were missing the fact that they were with the bread of life himself. They needed to provide bread for the crowd. And they needed to receive that bread from Jesus in order to provide bread for the crowd. So when they allowed Jesus to be Jesus, and when they said, okay, Lord, we don't have in our own pockets what we need to feed this crowd, but we're willing. And if we can receive from you, we can give this crowd something to eat. When they allowed Jesus to step into his role, they had what they need needed to do the impossible, to feed that crowd. And I think it's really interesting because the disciples were not passive bystanders in that miracle. Jesus gave them the fish and the loaves. And then he told them how to distribute those fish and the loaves to the crowd. He said, make the crowd sit down in these different groups and ranks. And here's how you distribute it. And then when they were done eating, here's how you collect the food. So they were given very specific instructions and they were able to feed this massive crowd because they received from Jesus. If they had tried to rise up in their own strength, left Jesus out of the picture, the best that they could come up with would be maybe giving everyone one tiny little bite. Like maybe they, or organize a fundraiser and send delegates into the towns and somehow scrape together a little bit of food. Everyone gets like a nibble of bread. Well, in the end, everyone's going to remain dissatisfied and still hungry and frustrated. And that's the best that human ability could do in that situation. Or if they kind of just said, you know, this is too big of a task. We're not even going to try. We're not going to do anything, which is another extreme that we sometimes fall into in our Christianity. It's like, no, the calling is too high. The task is too impossible. I'm just not going to do anything. Then they just decide, okay, we won't participate in this, or Jesus gives them the bread and the fish and they just kind of toss it to the crowd. They don't go about it in cooperation with Jesus. Instead, they worked in conjunction with Jesus. They received food from him. They distributed to the crowd. They had what they needed for the impossible task. And I think when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, it's very similar at that moment that we need the wisdom, the strength, the courage, the clarity, the boldness, we cry out for it. We expect to receive it. And then we have what we need to fulfill the impossible task. So instead of putting boundaries around what we're able to do in response to the command and the calling of God upon our lives, saying, okay, Lord, I can't, but you can. I'm making myself available. 
to receive from you so that I have something to give to this world. So one thing I would encourage if this is something you're really grappling with in your own life is to just practice in the small daily areas that you face. If you if your patience is wearing thin, cry out to God for his patience and his spirit will supply the patience that you need in that moment. If you are feeling intimidated and fearful, immediately cry out for that grace of fearlessness and boldness and courage. He will immediately supply what you need. Keep in mind that the disciples had no ability to feed this crowd until they received from Jesus. Once they opened their hands and received what he had to give, they had everything they needed to fulfill the calling on their life. And it's the same with us. He, whatever God calls us to, he equips us for. And so begin to put that principle into practice. Ask of him and you will receive. Statement that Leslie just made that whatever God calls us to, he equips us for. Mm-hmm. In other words, he supplies. I, I gave a quote yesterday from Ian Thomas, but another one that he says all the time that I really appreciate it is, uh, you can't, but God never said you could. He will. He always said that he would. And I love just that picture of, you know, we we cannot do it outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need his spirit to just be functional. And if he is calling us to something, he will supply all that we need for life and for godliness, Second Peter 1, 3, to accomplish that. Amen. Faithful is he who has called us, who also will do it. Mm. And I think that idea as a cornerstone of the Christian life is very, very significant because what we have been called to is impossible. It just is. It is based upon a dependence of God being God. Everything about truly functional Christianity is supernatural. There's no way to explain it except through the supernatural lens. It's like, how does that person live that way? Well, not by their own power. By whose power then? By God's. And that's significant, uh, I think, in the basics of functional Christianity, which is why we are such big fans of this notion, is we cannot be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. We can't be embarrassed by talking about it. We have to be bold. But dealing with the Holy Spirit is a delicate topic because there's so much abuse on that topic. So how do we navigate through this? We need to get down to brass tacks of what matters most. You need God. (laughs) He has been given to you. This is who he is. Receive him. Allow him to overtake your life and to actually function uh, in and through you. That's so good. Uh, we're we're gonna. I think we're really good at just even a layer on that one yeah. other thing. And we have a clip from the sermon on Sunday that I think would be just really good for us to re-listen to and just even be able to ponder and and take you even one step deeper. Let's do it. So, this is a very sensitive issue that I have, in classic Ellerslie style, when you have a mixture of a lot of denominations, how do you walk through this? Because if I asked individuals in here of how they were filled, or was it a day in which this happened? Was this a season? It's, it's a hard thing to pin down. There's a book called They Found the Secret, which goes through, it's like 20 different Christians, like major Christians uh, that you guys would know their names. Amy Carmichael, Hudson Taylor, Paul, uh, John Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan, John Bunyan. Uh, I mean, great men and women of God, and they all share it differently, but they all say the same thing. This is when my life started working. This is when my ministry started working. It was when the Holy Spirit took over my life. Now, what's interesting is they all express it differently, almost like they have different vernacular, different terms for it, And I think that's important to recognize, which is why I don't want to define it one specific way and say, here's the new 
denomination called Ellerslie for how we view how you access the Holy Spirit. There's certain things we do know. The Holy Spirit has been given and we are supposed to come in the name of Jesus unto the Father and ask for the Holy Spirit. And we do know that the Holy Spirit desires to, to live within us. But there are certain things which hinder that, which we want to remove. And so I'm going to go through that, but let me first give a sort of a mental picture of it. And I'm going to just say, as a farmer prepares his fields for rain, the, father, the farmer can't bring the rain. The, far, the farmer can't conjure rain. The farmer can't force rain. Rain is a gift, and we could say a promise. It is something that God says, this will come. The Holy Spirit will indwell you. Our job is like a farmer. A farmer is dependent. It is a position of de massive dependence and need. But a farmer has something to do, which is to till the soil, to prepare the soil, to plant the seed, to receive that, and to allow God to do his part. And if you position yourself as a farmer waiting for the rain, I guarantee you, it will rain. In other words, but if you are a farmer that's like, God, you bring the rain, then I'll believe that rain comes, and then I'll till the soil, you are not going to receive that rain. You see, what you need to be is the farmer in faith, tilling and preparing to receive, to recognize that apart from God, you can do nothing. God, I must have what you have. Jacob grabs a hold of God and wrestles through the night saying, I cannot live without what you have to give. Eric, we unpacked a little bit yesterday, this idea of that they found the secret mm -hmm. and some, even just our story of apprehending the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit or maybe the Holy Spirit apprehending us, whichever way you want to look at that. Would you maybe unpack that a little, even the farmer illustration a little bit more and just this idea of what does it mean for us to ready ourselves and not just presume and wait for him? We just kind of flesh that a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's that delicate balance because we know that God is the one who authors salvation. And so the reason we even desire him is because he desires us. And the reason we are warmed to him is because he's doing the warming. And yet there is a human side to this process, which is hard to know how to describe, lest we actually say that salvation came of man. You know, it's always this tension and there's been division in the church just on that exact front. And yet there is, just like with the farmer, there is a readying. There is a posture difference. There is a deliberate choice to say yes to what God is desiring to do. And for us, we have weights that beset us that we're supposed to throw off. And if you knew that you were holding the keys and God says, could you put those keys in my hand? Well, I'll give God all the credit for helping us put those keys in his hand and for convincing us of how significant that is. But still there is a movement within our soul of entrusting the keys and the ownership of this body to him. And that's where we are participating in this process, just like the disciples aren't the ones that multiplied the fishes and loaves and fed 5,000. That was Jesus. And yet, strangely, they're a part of the story. And strangely, they are contributors to the process, even though they didn't do anything supernatural, they responded to the supernatural God. The same is true for us. We need God to do a mighty work in us. And he desires to do a mighty work through us. Our job is to be ready. And so that's why we, you know, yesterday's message was called the willing soldier. Today's is the ready soldier. You need willingness 
and you need readiness. And when you have those two, when you're in a posture, when Jesus says, feed that multitude, that you don't immediately go, that's ridiculous. But you say is, okay, Lord, I will do that knowing that you have to do your part for it to work. But you actually start moving. It's like, okay, what do I have here? I have a few fishes and loaves. Okay, that sure doesn't sound like it's going to be sufficient, but my God will take the little I have and he will touch it to feed the thousands. And that's our confidence as Christians. That's how the Holy Spirit works in and through us is our dependence. But it also, it, the catalyst is our willingness and our readiness to begin to step forward and to say, yes, Lord. And he kindles upon that in a, in a beautiful and profound way. Amen. Eric, could you just maybe even close us in a prayer just <clears throat> for everyone who's listening that God would bring us to a place of readiness. And even mm-hmm. those of us who who are living and walking by the spirit, that we'd actually have a greater readiness and willingness for him to use us however he desires. Amen. Father, oh boy, do we crave that. We crave to go deeper for those of us that know the Holy Spirit, that we would grow in this grace, that we would enter into the deeper waters of, of that walk with you and that dependence upon you. But Lord, for those that are maybe on the outskirts, just sort of hearing a message like this and saying, but Lord, is that for me? Lord, warm their understanding even right now and set them up to find you at a deeper level. The fact that they desire you, the fact that they crave a deeper walk with you is precisely because you desire it for them. Lord, that is a work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that you would build your church into an exceedingly great army. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.